Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And well, summer break is over and it's time to catch up on some of our questions. Today I'm answering a few that we got in July from our anonymous have a question page so that we can get August out, hopefully before October comes. Um, before we get to the questions though, I wanted to let you know about a couple of things. The first is a Christian Married Sex Virtual Conference coming up, uh, being hosted by Gary Thomas and Deborah Valletta. Uh, it opens in 17 days from when I'm recording this. Um, you can sign up to hear all the speakers. I think there's over 20 of them giving 15 to 30 minute talks. And best of all, it's all done from the comfort of your own home at your own pace. I think you have a year to watch all the videos. Um, it should be really interesting. Uh, I'm not speaking at this one. Uh, I just couldn't manage it this time around, but uh, I'm definitely going to be attending and watching all the videos with you. So if you'd like to check it out, uh, there's a link in the show notes and you can get all the details there. As well, our Becoming More Sexually Engaged course is about ready to start another cohort. I only run this course a few times a year. So if you are a Christian wife who wants to focus on becoming more sexually engaged and give you and your husband a fresh outlook on marriage for Christmas, uh, now is a great time to check it out as we're going to be starting in the next couple of weeks. And uh, again, there's a link to that in the show notes and you can check it out and read the reviews. And if it's something for you, then great. And if it's not, then don't worry about it. Uh, I'm also going to be probably running a webinar sometime in the next week or two. Uh, so stay tuned for that if you're interested in learning more. And with that out of the way, let's get to the questions. So question number one is, I have a question. I live with my parents and I might be sharing a bedroom with a sibling. I have a bunch of BDSM toys because I somewhat love to practice self-bondage, but I don't want anyone to find out. But if we move, I don't know where to hide it. And I would really hate to throw $100 worth of stuff in the trash. I plan to move out in the future, though. If you could help me with advice, please and thanks. Very simply, my advice would be to throw it all out and not buy any more BDSM stuff until you're married. As well, self-bondage can be dangerous and not having anyone know that you're doing it makes it even more dangerous. I think that's, I think I'm going to leave it at that. Question two. Uh, he says, greetings, Jay. Quick question. Well, I'm not sure how quick it is. Can you give spiritual insight expounding on Leviticus 12 verses 2 to 5? So Leviticus 12 verses 2 to 5 says, say to the Israelites, a woman who is pregnant and gives birth to a son will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, just as she had un is unclean during her monthly period. On the eighth day, the boy is to be circumcised. Then the woman must wait 33 days to be purified from her bleeding. She must touch, not touch anything sacred or go to the sanctuary until the days of her purification are over. If she gives birth to a daughter, for two weeks the woman will be unclean as during her period. Then she must wait 66 days to be purified from her bleeding. He goes on to say, uh, it suggests women being unclean longer for maid seeds, two weeks, than male seeds, seven days. Is there a, re a physical reason associated with having a male child versus a female child that causes a slower physical recovery? Does this mean, in your wisdom, that the father value men more than women? So, one person in our supporters group uh, who gets all these questions as they come in suggested that maybe God valued women more because he gave mothers more time off to care for them. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was tongue in cheek. And I have no wisdom other than what I find in scripture. And scripture lets me to believe, 
leads me to believe that God values men just as much as women. I'm not aware of anything in scripture that equates cleanliness to value, nor gender to value. I don't believe uncleanliness was seen as a punishment, but rather as a symbolic representation of sin in this world. So some suggest that this was a hallowed time to reflect on bringing a sinful being into the world, one that the Messiah would eventually have to come and pay for. And for girls, this was doubly so, as the girl would grow up to bring more children into the world, continuing a line of sinful beings that Christ would redeem. But that's not a negative so much as a, a solemn event to give thanks for, that God continues to call us to have children despite our sinful nature. It shows God values us beyond our deeds, which can never repay the debt that we incur. Uh, procreation was the first commandment given, and so it's good to take time and reflect on what that means as we bring a child into the world. Also, I find it's interesting to note that later on in the same chapter, the atonement offering for girls and boys was the same. Their sins are no more or less, neither is the cost to repay them more or less. So to me, this is clear evidence that there's nothing inherently more or less sinful between boys or girls, but rather it's pointing to something else. I think giving more time to reflect on the responsibilities of bringing a girl who would one day go through the same experience herself, that sounds plausible. Much more than trying to... Uh, turn this into something that show that men are more valued than women, which seems to go against everything else in scripture. All right. Question number three. She writes, hello, friends. I'm a wife of 21 years, 41 years old, stay at home, homeschooling mama. And of course, a sinner constantly trying to stay on track and follow the example of our blessed savior. I'm having a real struggle that I hope some other followers will be able to advise on. I'm high drive and my husband is low, almost non-existent. I have a hormone slash metabolic issue called PCOS. For those who don't know, that's polycystic ovary syndrome, which can make my hormones be all over the place. So I see this for what it is, a hormone issue, but it's awfully hard to handle as it ties into many other side problems. Then like body image stuff, so much for dying to self, right? Uh, feeling unloved and disconnected, and there are lots of other problems, but you get the point. The bottom line, during these incredible, incredibly hard times when my hormones amp up, I walk around basically on fire day and night. It's an all-out battle not to watch, imagine, read, listen to unacceptable material. Sometimes I just flat-out fail, read a trashy book, and feel worse and unfulfilled, of course. I've done pretty good at not turning to watching porn or engaging in self-satisfaction, but there are times when I nearly cannot function. I need really so much. I know, prayer and scripture. They really do see me through a lot, but I was looking for some other suggestions to avoid the sexual sin. My biggest sin struggle. And FYI, in case anyone is thinking it, talking to my husband about e increasing frequency is definitely out. It's a once a month and pretty much isn't going to change. Bringing it up makes him feel naggy and pressured, even though I'm able to do it from a place of love and respect, and it isn't naggy. I love your podcast and to truly appreciate the ministry. God bless. All right, so PCOS and other hormone issues are really hard to deal with. Unfortunately, there aren't a lot of trained hormone specialists, particularly for women. However, I would highly recommend trying to find a doctor or, or nurse practitioner in your area who does specialize in that. I know for some, uh, bioidentical progesterone in particular works, so that could be something to ask about. Uh, other than that, I would perhaps ask your husband if he's unwilling to have sex would he be willing to hold you and be with you while you masturbate to help with a desire and that way at least it's a shared experience and even if he's not uh, let's say actively engaged then at least he can be there with you to support you 
Uh, if possible, I'd probably also ask your husband to get his hormones levels checked too. Uh, sounds like both might have a hormone issues that are pushing you farther apart on the spectrum and in opposite directions than what is stereotypical, which makes it even more difficult to deal with in a lot of ways. And lastly, I think some coaching or therapy together might help you work through this as there are some obvious struggles here if he's even unwilling to even consider or discuss increasing the frequency of sex. Um, that's a bit of a red flag to suggest that there are some deeper relational issues going on. And lastly, question number four. This one's going to be a short one this week. Uh, this person writes, Hi JD, I'm engaged to be married. Is it a sin to be having active fantasies about sex with my husband-to-be? By active, I mean they don't just pop into my mind. I proactively imagine it, if that makes sense. I don't imagine anyone else but him in these fantasies, but I don't want to bury my head in the sand and continue doing this if it's not right. All right, so my personal opinion is that it is sinful, and here's why I think that. Firstly, he's not your husband. He's going to be, hopefully, but he's not. Uh, there's always the possibility that you or he will break it off or something else happens to interfere. But even if everything goes through, there's a clear demarcation between being single and being married. Uh, engaged isn't not single. It's almost married. Secondly, especially if you haven't had sex before, but even if you had, um, fantasies aren't reality. And there's a good chance that your fantasy isn't going is going to be much better than reality is because that's the nature of fantasy. And I hate for you to get to your honeymoon and think, oh, that's not as good as I thought it would be. And then start your marriage being disappointed by sex that might never match up to your fantasies. So those are my basic thoughts on why it's not a good idea. And that's it for July. Uh, yeah, it was a short week. Uh, we usually get about a dozen questions, and this time there were only four. Uh, I've already started on August questions, which there are a lot more of, So they sh but they should be out soon. In the meantime, I'd suggest checking out that Christian Married Sex Virtual Conference. Uh, I think it's going to be very cool, as well as our Becoming More Sexually Engaged course for Christian Wives, if you're a Christian wife and you have interest in that. As always, if you have questions of your own, you can ask it on our Have a Question page, and all the links are in the show notes. And lastly, thank you again always to our supporters who keep us going. If you'd like to hear the questions or read the questions and participate in the discussion as it comes in uh, and see the posts before they go live, as well as being able to join in the forum and discuss all these things, uh, check out our supporters page to join a great community of believers who are sex positive and only want what's best for you in your marriage. And that's it for now. Talk to you next time.